And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another dejected episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers absolutely collapse against the Michigan State Spartans, lose a game 78-71 to that they actually led at one point in the first half 19-6. to And if you think back to the way the game started, it was actually a really good start for Indiana. And we continue this theme of it being a whack-a-mole program where we have a big issue at starting games, which Indiana hadn't been able to do for a while, and we get that fixed and have a great start to the game, and then the rest of the game just play terrible and allow a team that had been really bad all season long to come out and out tough and out execute and outplay us and the loss drops Indiana to 12 and 10 7 and 8 in conference play and really was just inexplicable in so many ways the way that Indiana played it was another game in which the guards just gave Indiana so very little Michigan State and Aaron Henry came in to Bloomington and just punked Indiana in the second half. Absolutely punked them. Indiana's supposed to be a defensive program, and the defense was just non-existent, especially in the second half. So I'm your host, Jared Morris. Uh, I am here today with the other coach, Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos. And, you know, Ryan wasn't supposed to be here, but naturally, you know, midway through the second half, I get a text, hey, email me the link because uh, he wanted to come on. And so he'll have a rant too. We're going to break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. But let's start the show the way we start every show. And that is with our banner moment. And look, there's a lot of bad today. We're going to cover all of the bad. But there was certainly one shining example of good from Indiana today, and that was Indiana star Trace Jackson Davis absolutely playing like it. Trace today, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks, and all throughout the second half, you know, he was basically, you know, look, Indiana got him the ball early to start the game. They got him the ball to start the second half. And as things started to spiral out of control in the second half, really the only reason that Indiana didn't end up losing this game by 20 points is because Trace just kept making plays. You know, when I look back to when it was 70 to 58, Michigan State, Trace got it, scored. The next possession, Trace got it, found race. He scored. Next possession, Trace drives, scores. He, you know, made basically a 6-0 run for Indiana. It's 70 to 64, and you're thinking, hey, all right, you know, Trace put us on his back. Here we go. We make a couple big shots, get a stop. And the very next play is Rocket Watts just dribbles right into the lane. No one stops him, hits a little floater. It's an eight-point game, and the game was over. Where was the defense? So we'll talk about that. But Trace Jackson Davis really brought it. He was 12 of 16 from the free throw line and was there, you know, all day long. And I thought defensively early, uh, you know, was good. You know, like everybody else struggled defensively after that. Um, But credit where credit is due. You know, this was, you know, sometimes Indiana comes out and loses these games and you look at Trace and you say, hey, look, the star has to play better. Well, today the star was a star, an absolute superstar, and he was let down by a starting backcourt outside of Armand Franklin that scored a total of four points, and just he just didn't have enough help today. He did everything he could to try and bring Indiana this victory, didn't have enough help, and the result is just an absolutely crushing loss for Indiana. All right. Well, that was fun. Our banner moment today, as always, brought to you by our friends at Home Field Apparel, now in their fourth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call. And, you know, with frigid temperatures overtaking the entire country, they really shouldn't be wearing anything other than the super soft hoodies and crewnecks from Home Field Apparel. Last night here in frigid Dallas, Texas, I slept in my uh, bison hoodie sweatshirt. It's just so comfortable. I never want to take it off. 
Uh, and so you need to make your way over to their website, homefieldapparel.com. They have something unique for everyone, especially IU fans, and all of their apparel is printed on the softest, warmest, most comfortable, and washable materials that you will find anywhere. And remember that it's not just IU gear. They have apparel for more than 90 different colleges and universities, with new ones being added all the time, and their designs are so unique, so interesting and vintage that you know you may end up like Coach, buying shirts and hoodies for schools you barely heard of, just because you like the design. And you can always save on your home field order by using the promo code ASSEMBLY20 at checkout. It will give you 20% off your entire order all throughout the year. So go to homefieldapparel.com, load up your shopping cart, maybe do a little stress shopping uh, today, a little disappointment shopping to make yourself feel better. Uh, Enter ASSEMBLY20 at checkout, and you will get 20% off. That's homefieldapparel.com. Okay, well, it is time to go to the rest of our panel here. Uh, find the the open man, move the ball, uh, get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team, and we will start with Ryan Phillips. Ryan, your rant on uh, this just terrible Indiana loss. I, I it's it's inexplicable, and I'm I'm done seeing this team play the way they have been playing. I, I just Indiana right now is 12 and 10, and has lost four Big Ten home games. Three of those against teams they should beat. And if you look at this and you say that in, that Indiana is an NCAA tournament team, I don't believe you. Uh, what has this team done to deserve this? They just suffered a quad three home loss to a team that has struggled all year and that you had down by 10 in the second half and just melted down against. Like, wh- I mean, you, this team doesn't belong in the NCAA tournament. It hasn't earned it. You got two wins against Iowa. Well, Iowa was not as good as we thought they were. So... That doesn't look so great. And now you're looking at a team that's lost at home to Northwestern. They lost to Rutgers, who hadn't won in four weeks at that point or something. They got blown out by Purdue at home. And now they melt down against Michigan State and allow 52 points in the second half when you're a defensive team. This is it's unacceptable. This is the third year out of four that Archie Miller has a team on the floor that doesn't belong in the NCAA tournament. Three out of four years. And a team that when you're supposed to be a defensive-minded program melts down like this in the second half and falls apart. This is a team that is does not play smart basketball. It's a team that has no leadership from the guards. And it's a team that, quite frankly, two guys showed up. Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson, two guys on the entire roster showed up for a must-win game. You had to win this game. You couldn't take this loss to your resume. They're out of the NCAA tournament now. They're going to have to beat Michigan, or go on the road against Rutgers, that might even not get them back in. They're going to have to win a number of these late games just to get into the tournament. We said coming into this year, the measuring stick for Archie Miller, because we're assuming they were in the NCAA tournament last year. They probably should have been. The measuring stick this year was to be safely in the NCAA tournament and be in the upper half of the Big Ten. At no point has Indiana given us the indication this year that they belong in that discussion for either of those things. That's a failure of the program, and it's Archie Miller's program. I'm not. I'm not going to say you. Ha- Archie Miller has to be fired. I, I don't know what the the move is because I'm not in the administration in Indiana, and I don't know what the financial situation is. But here's what I'm saying: three out of four years, his teams have wildly disappointed, and you do, and routinely done stuff like this, where you get a lead and then melt down at home, or you battle really hard, and then can't finish a game and lose. How many times have we seen it? It's a broken record that is scratching over and over and over again. It The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Indiana was up 10 in the second half, 
And in the middle of Michigan State making an enormous run, Archie Miller doesn't take a timeout to change things. He sticks Rob Finnessy out there having one of the worst games of his career and keeps him out there. He doesn't change up who's running the point. Rob Finnessy, by the way, with three and a half minutes left, you're down eight, and he's walking the ball up to half court, looking to Archie Miller like, what should we do? With a minute left, he did the same thing. Like, you're a junior guard who started for three years. How do you not have a sense of urgency that, oh, we're going to lose this game unless I go do something and find somebody open or I call out a play and we run it quickly? Instead, he's wandering up the court just completely lost. And it's the same Rob we've seen where one game he'll look okay and then he'll look terrible and have the worst game of his career. Al Durham was gave nothing today. Senior captain at home, again, a big game you have to win gave nothing. He had four free throws and was 0-4 from the floor. Didn't look good. Left guys open in the corner for threes. I mean, the freshmen were awful. I, I like, you know, but I can't blame them because there's no leadership from the top. How do you expect your freshmen to play well when your leaders don't play well? It's the same broken record. Four of 19 from three-point range, but you know, now we can shoot. I, I like, I just I don't know what we what we're supposed to look at with this program and feel good about. I really don't. Other than Trace Jackson Davis, so all of Indiana's hopes are rested on one player, one player having an out of body experience type game, and he went for thirty four and nine, and they lost at home. Like there is nothing that makes sense about that, and Archie Miller is to blame. I'm sorry, it's your program four years in. I know Coach Sony is going to be mad at me because I'm blaming the coach, but four years in, you should have answers for what's wrong with your program, and there have been none, and Archie Miller's a smart basketball guy. You listen to him talk. He knows what he's talking about. For some reason, that doesn't translate to the court with Indiana. I don't know if it's the players he's picked, if the way he's developing guys, whatever, but it doesn't work. And this game is the ultimate indication because you had it in hand. It was you're up 10 with all the momentum in the second half. And a Tom Izzo makes two adjustments and you can't answer them. It's it, it's I, I I'm, I'm at my wits end with it. I'm done. I, I because they're 12 and 10 and have four home losses in conference. They do not deserve to be in the NCAA tournament. And if you don't make the NCAA tournament three out of four years, well, he's never made it, but he's, we're giving him last year. But if you don't make the NCAA tournament three out of four years at Indiana with the resources that program has to provide for you and the recruiting, frankly, he's recruited pretty highly and you can't make the NCAA tournament. You can't, can't even make it. I'm not even I'm not even asking you to win a game. You can't make it three out of four years. You don't deserve to be the coach. You don't. You have all these resources at your disposal and you cannot translate that into wins. I'm sorry. You're done. That's it. That's it. You're done. No more questions. I, I mean, Jared, let's talk about this real quick. Is there any excuse for this? Any whatsoever? No, none. I've I made exactly. it pretty. I made it pretty clear that I was mostly done with the staff a while ago, and this just kind of puts the nail in the coffin. I, me, I mean, so. I just you know, I know, I know, we got to go to the other intros, and we've got some great guest hosts today. But it, I mean, what what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? It's the same game. And and Andy said it. I think it was Andy. I don't remember who it was last time said we're pretty much. Oh, I don't, I don't remember who it was. I can't credit Andy with this, but we're watching the same game over and over and over again. And occasionally they make they make more shots and win like yeah. that. That's we're watching the exact same thing happen. Boneheaded turnovers in key situations. I mean, you got Christian Lander launching an air ball for the sixth game in a row and then throwing a pass directly out of bounds it, it, like 
just boneheaded things. Rob Finnessy can't feed the post. Like, Rob, you're a junior and you don't know how to feed the post. Come on, you're a point guard. That's like your job. And he, you know, it's things like that. It's just over and over and over again, and nothing gets better. And there's no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. They win, you know, three out of four, and you're thinking, oh, they, they've got it figured out. And then they lay yet another stinker. And it's just, it, there's no there's no development there's no progress I, I I don't know how to answer it I'm sorry that I'm I'm dropping this on you guys and then you're just channeling leave. what everybody's feeling it's okay I, I, you did it I, but, you know you did it constructively you stuck with the what happened on the court and that's fine that's what we do here oh there's I'm nothing, not talking yeah there's nothing that you can do to defend what we just saw so so all right they guys good problems. luck I'm, I'm just leaving that behind me you guys just go have fun yeah so Thank you, Ryan, for joining us. We uh, we do appreciate that. I think your rant was uh, what everybody was thinking. All right, let's go over to the other coach, Jeff Marlowe. Uh, coach, what were your opening thoughts on a pretty poor Indiana performance, especially there in the second half? Well, Jared, my biggest thing is I like the way we started the game. We got up 19-6. to six. We were doing some of the things we you guys talked about and, and Andy and the group talked about in the postgame the other night and on Thursday show that we were running stuff. We were running sets. We were running some good looks, and we were getting open looks. We were locked in defensively. And I kind of talked about this in the, in the scouting report that I put up last night. You had to force them to be a perimeter team, and we did that through about the first 10, 12 minutes of the game, and then that got away at the end of the first half, and we gave them life. Then we're up nine in the second half. I think it was, I think I had it at 48-39, but maybe Ryan was right. Maybe it was 10. But from that point on, we just we had way too many empty possessions in a row, and I agree with Ryan. Again, it, maybe it's because I'm in a high school perspective and I don't have those media timeouts. But when we turn it over four or five trips down the floor in a row or four out of five, five out of six, I'm taking a timeout. And my, and I'm not saying you have to have a Bob Knight mentality, but I would have lit into the team. I just would have been all over them in a timeout and been, you know, get your heads up and get your heads out of you know where and been like, let's get, you know, get back into this. But we wasted a great performance by Trace. Um, 34 9 uh, race played well. Armand got Armand has to figure a way to stay out of foul trouble because Armand has to stay on the floor as much as possible. But we got got nothing from the bench. Uh, Jerome gave us five points, but I, I know it's frustration boiling over, but I just really am at a loss for why we didn't take a timeout or rips. I know people say, well, you can't rip kids anymore, but. The night, you know, Bob Bob Knight had some good ideas, and 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 some of those was sometimes you got to challenge your players, and I just didn't see that today. No. All right, Kathy, I was I'm still trying to figure out what to name your segment. You know, I was thinking if it was a bad performance and we didn't have Ryan's rant, we could call it Kath's wrath. Uh, but Ryan was here. But there's still plenty to be wrathful about. So I'll kick it to you, and you choose whatever tone you like. Jeez, first I, I just want to say thank you so much for letting me go last. Not at all. Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm not sure how to follow that up. Okay. So last time I was on, I tried to pick one word to start off. I'm going to go with focus. Like we came out with intense focus to start both halves. I thought, I thought both halves were, but then it went away. It just, we lost it. Oh my gosh. So I, I was just so exasperated. I'm not quite sure where to go with all of this, but we're up double digits in both halves. In both halves, we just completely had a chance to put 
our foot on their throats, put the put our foot on the, the gas and finish them. And we didn't. So maybe it's not focus. Maybe it's a lack of toughness. I, I don't know. To me, they just lost focus and let it get away from them. And um, I, I know Ryan's not on here, but oh, I, I didn't have the PG version of, of that last minute with Rob during the game. There were definitely some choice words out of my mouth. 103 left in the game. We're down eight. Rob's walking the ball down the court. He stops right after the the half point half court line, looks over to Archie, and then finally starts to put the ball into play. Mm-hmm. 55 seconds left in the game now. Literally, he took eight seconds to go from one half of the court to the other and initiate our offense when you're down eight with a minute left. It was maddening to me. I, I think I threw my pin on the floor and it was just hands on my head. I just yelling at the TV, get going. And that's how most of that last six minutes or so felt to me. Like it just didn't feel like they had the intensity, the focus to get themselves through. We were down eight with six minutes left to go. And and just, that was it. I mean, they just seemed finished after that. Trace did his darndest to get us back into it, but no help. 34 points for Trace, 15 from race, 13 from Armand. And then after that, we got four from Al Durham, which were all free throws and five from Jerome Hunter. Not a single other person scored from our team. You you can't win games like that. You just, it's, it was just maddening to me. So my word for today to start off is focus. Like they just, they had it when they came out and they lost it. They cannot seem to maintain focus. And I think we've seen that all year and it just, it, it makes me sad. So I was happy to see finally getting some fast starts. So that's my positive is like, we finally got our fast starts, but man, we got to find a way to find focus and, and maintain those fast starts. Yeah. You know, gosh, I mean, I'm trying to think what was the bigger issue today because there were two glaring issues to me, which is the play of the guards and the defense. And both of those, you know, I think end up going back to the coach, but you know, coach, when, when you have a game like this where things are going well and then they start to unravel and it's like, oh my God, like we were ahead and now we're losing it. You know, it's like in the snap of a finger, the total, the, you know, the tide of the game changed. Like it's great that you have a big man like Trace and another guy like Race who can get things done and did get a lot of things done throughout this game. But your rudders have to be your guards. You know, those are the guys who have to step up and make plays for you. You know, Josh Langford did it for Michigan State. And, you know, Armand did a few things. I actually, you know, I kind of felt, you know, watching him, he needs to cut down the fouls. He needs to be on the court more. You know, he had 13 points, but it kind of felt like he was on the periphery of the offense the whole day. Like, run some stuff for him. Get him involved a little bit more. Because what you're getting from the other two guys in the backcourt was nothing. You know, Al and Rob have just been so up and down, and there was a lot of talk about how much better they played, Rob, especially against Minnesota, you know, some of that I bought into, some of that I didn't. But today showed that, you know, there's there's no – nothing was learned or no corners were turned because, you know, neither one of those guys could get into a rhythm at all. And you just are not going to beat a talented team with two guard spots going 0 for 10 from the floor. And you can say Michigan State's not a good team, and they haven't been a good team, but they are talented. And you mm-hmm. let them get rolling. You let them build some confidence, and there's – you know, basically no resistance from, from the other side, especially in the backcourt, this is what's going to happen. So that's frustrating. But that's also something that we've been dealing with off and on this season. We scored 71 points. We should have won this game scoring 71 points. 
Indiana gave up to Michigan State today 1.182 points per possession. I don't know what the Ken Palm numbers are. I know we were 11th in defensive efficiency coming into today. That number is certainly going to go down. Uh, you know, we might be 12th. We might be 13th. Who knows? But I think of all the concerns that I have right now, and the one that frustrates me the most is even though it wasn't a good overall offensive performance, you scored enough points from Trace and from Race and even from Armand to win this game with a halfway decent defensive performance. But Indiana was terrible defensively against Minnesota. And then in the second half today, you know, once Michigan State kind of figured things out, we were terrible defensively, you know, from that point on. And this is supposed to be a program with a defensive identity, coach. And as I mentioned before, we cut it to six. Now you've got to get a stop. What do you do? Rocket Watts just goes right down the lane and gets a bucket. And that is the play that I, I can't get it out of my mind because it's so emblematic of this game, but also the issues that Indiana has faced in other games. And I'm not sure that there can be a bigger indictment of Archie Miller's program right now than that. That in this game at home against a team ranked, you know, 68th or whatever in Ken Palm that you got to win, that you have to, you know, that you start out well in and your defense isn't good enough to hold on there. Your defense is that bad four years in with all your own guys and a lot of institutional knowledge on the defense now. You know, that's where when Ryan says, what kind of hope is there to hold on to? That's where I'm at. Yeah. Because if yeah. that part's not there, then it's like, you know what, we're winning by accident some of these other times because the thing that we're supposed to be able to hang on to, we can't. So I can't get past that. And, you know, to me, it's the biggest, like, what's going on coming out of this game? Yeah. Well, it, it, oh, go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, I just, I mean, we've been talking about it for, I don't know how long, identity, right? It goes back to identity. We keep hearing our identity is defense. Um, and, you know, we talk on our, our um on our forum about what our keys to the game are. And mine was, and I did it tongue in cheek, but I was like, well, we need to play D and we need to rebound. And then we need to do this and we need to play D and we need to do X and we need to play D. And I mentioned it like four times, but really <laughs> that was it. We needed to play D and that is supposed to be the identity of an Archie Miller coach team. And I have yet to see it show up consistently. So that's what I just keep looking for from this team is their D in that identity and I keep not seeing it so <laughs> I'll, I'll still watch and I'm still cheering them on and I sure hope like heck the next game we play that that identity starts showing up because it's letting us down right now and coach transition over to you by saying this you know Indiana is still 11th in the conference in raw defensive efficiency now overall 35th which would be which would mark the the second worst defense of Archie's tenure uh, after the first season which was 65th and not that numbers are everything but it just shows that this kind of upward trend that we've been seeing that people have looked at, well, the defense has gotten better every year and this has gotten better every year. No, 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 it has not. Things have regressed badly this year and the numbers are finally catching up to what we're actually watching. Yeah, I, I think that's the one thing uh, I'll talk about first is the, this defense has not been very good for the bulk of the Big Ten season. It was really good early in the non-conference mm -hmm. season. But like if you look at the Hooplens numbers, and I've really appreciated looking at that stuff, and that's what I use for a lot of the scouting report. We're giving up in Big Ten play like 1.02 points per possession coming into today. So that number is going to go up. And we were only giving up overall, we were giving up, I think we're giving up like 0 0.95, 0 0.96. So that means that we were really good in the non con part of the season. I agree with Kathy. I don't, you know, where's the identity? Where I, and even for me, I want, I want to know what our I, I, offensive identity is. Yes, I know it's pounded to trace and race a little bit, but. Still don't necessarily know, are we a 
high ball screen team? Are we a picker? You know, are we, um, you know, you know, like we used to talk about in high school, were we a flex team? Yeah, you know, I just, I like that. The other night against Minnesota, we saw just a little bit of a day, and I was frustrated. They didn't run what we called floppy action, where you put the guards down on the baseline and you pin down, and they can crisscross or they can both go out one side, one to the corner, one to a wing. But there's so many things you can do out of that, and that's where Al thrives. And we really never got Al into those situations today where he could get the ball coming up off of that floppy action. And we ran him to one, and it turned into a bucket. The dunk, yes, yep. it turned into a dunk. Yes, exactly, one time. And and it's one of the things that frustrates the crap out of me is that um, we kind of, we don't go back to the same thing. If something worked, make them stop it. Now, we did a little bit, per se, I guess, with the post, but we ran that play. Run it again. Make them stop it. And and that's the part that frustrates me. And, and I, I just saw kind of my – there is just – I just, I was a believer. We were going to run something until you stopped it. And I kind of got that, you know, from a, a little bit more of an NBA perspective, I guess, because I was at a clinic one time where they just talked about how they'll milk a play until you stop it. Now it's again, more talent, more often, you know, more freedom, but I'm, I'm with Kathy. We we're supposed to be a defensive team, but not only are we not a defensive team, I don't know what our identity on the offensive end is either. So I, I really just, I'm at a loss for that part of it. At a loss. I think that pretty much describes how everybody's feeling right now about this team and this program and where it's at. All right, coming up as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's crushing seven-point loss to Michigan State, we will point out today's meaningful moments you might have missed, then we will go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from this game as we continue to blow off steam. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Lily King. I hope you enjoy the show, but ask yourself, do we really need this much basketball talk for a swimming and diving school? Where do you think the candy stripes came from anyway? Go Hoosiers. That is, that is know, very true. <laughs> I was so excited to get that one. I wish it wasn't so perfectly timed as it is right now, because really, we might just talk swimming and diving for the rest of the show, um, or soccer, or football, soccer. or something. Women's basketball. Women's basketball Women's that gives basketball. us more joy. And this dadgum program that we just keep watching and that just keeps getting our hopes up and then letting us fall back down. Uh, You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with the other coach, Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos. And we are breaking down Indiana's 78-71 loss to Michigan State today. I mean, and just a total whiplash effort from Indiana where they start out. You think back to how that game started. Indiana's up 19-6. And they had two or three really good looks from three that if you knock those down, I mean, it could have been an 18, 20-point game like that, you know, and Indiana missed them. And I didn't have a big problem with the shot selection early in the first half because this is a team, as we talked about last show, top 100 in the country in three-point percentage. Like, this has been an actual pretty good three-point shooting team efficiency-wise. You know, let's see them take a few more. Well, you know, the first example of that, they took 19 today, which I think is a pretty good number, and most of them were good shots, but they only made four. And that's crushing 
you know, and sometimes, you know, you just have to be able to make shots. And unfortunately, Indiana's three-point shooting abandoned it today. Uh, you know, but look, I want to talk about the the, <laughs> the shot selection, um, which I thought for the most part was good. But I think we saw today the single worst shot selection decision that we've seen all season from Indiana. And it's a freshman, so I don't want to rip on him too badly. But I thought it came at a really inopportune time. Um, it was 54 to 52 Michigan state, you know, they were kind of on a little bit run. We had battled back a little bit, but it was a really big possession and Trey Galloway got it near the top of the key and chucked a three with like, you know, 25 seconds left on the shot clock. And you just can't do that. Obviously he missed it. Michigan state goes down. They hit a three. It's 57, 52. Now we would go back right after that. You know, trace made a big play, got an and one, got it back to 57, 55. So it's not like that one shot led to like a 12 0 run. But to me, it really felt like in that moment, we really started to lose our grasp on this game. Um, and look, I think if Jerome Hunter takes that shot, I think if Armand Franklin takes that shot, I think if Al Durham takes that shot, it's probably a pretty good shot, and you live with it, even if it's a little bit early in the shot clock. Trey Galloway has not earned the right to take that shot. He just hasn't shown that he can hit that. So I don't want to harp on it too much, uh, Coach, because... Again, he's a freshman. He's learning some of those things. Christian Landers' three-pointer later on that he airballed, you know, he was kind of in rhythm, so it wasn't a terrible shot, but he's just been so off that, you know, maybe you, maybe you pull that one and don't take that one either. Um, but, you know, look, some of that kind of decision-making that we saw in the second half, where, whether it was bad decision-making, panicked decision-making, unfocused decision-making, whatever it was, these are the kind of plays that you can't have to beat other Big Ten teams that are playing well. And Michigan State was playing well, and, you know, that kind of stuff just can't happen. No, I, I thought that that, would, that three, like you mentioned, was kind of a big play because the, the resulting part of it, the, the three and down at the other end, became kind of a backbreaker. We really never recovered from that. We never got back closer than two, I think, at that point after TJD got fouled in the end one, but that was as close as we would get the rest of the way. Um and again, he's a freshman, but like Ryan was talking about, there's there's a reason he's shooting 17 percent right now. So you got to know a little bit more about your your role there and, and playing. And Lander, I've been on the Lander bandwagon, but for the second in the second half he struggled. First half I thought he played okay. Second half he really struggled. He had a couple turnovers. He you know he he throws up that air ball three. Um, but I was a little more disappointed today that Jerome didn't get a little more extended run. He he came out, hit his first shot. He missed the next three, but I didn't really have a problem with any of those three that he shot, but we didn't see him. And I, to me, I would have, with the way he had played over the last two, three games and the way he'd been shooting, I felt like that was really the one thing that makes us a better team is he's that stretch four or that three who consistently hits shots. And, and he only got, he, he ended up with 17 minutes, but only got five shots. One of those was a layup there at the end toward the end that he made, but we're four for 19, but Jerome only, you know, I'd like to see Jerome get more shots. I was trying to look at the stats on my phone. So, but it just, that was the one I was disappointed about that Jerome who had been hot nine of 14 and, and st started off one for three, one for four, but didn't get a more extended run. Yeah. And I, and I guess Kathy, you know, the reason why that play steps out to me, you know, and, and uh, Gerson in the, in the chat, you know, Hey, there are freshmen on other teams that are way better. They're playing well. Why is their freshmen still an excuse for us? You know, it's fair. I mean, they are freshmen. They're going to make mistakes, but we're rounding here into February and they need to be playing better. And I think the issue is that shot from, you know, a coach's son who is supposed to be a real heady player was just indicative to me of how 
poorly coached we looked in the second half. Rudderless, bad decisions, you know, lack of focus, as you said, you know, inability to execute anything other than get the ball inside to trace and let him go. And even half the time we tried to get the ball inside to trace, you know, a pass would just pitter its way out of bounds. So I think that's why that shot really stuck out to me. What other moments stuck out to you as you were watching this game? Um, so uh, in the second half of towards the ends, again, we're down five. Um, I think there was around, we saw time, like 50 seconds or so left and we get the ball down really quick. I thought it was meaningful to me that Armand now is bringing the ball down as to Rob, right? So we complained about Rob walking the ball down. Armand pushes the ball down. And then it seemed like we just did this hot potato around the perimeter, trying to get a three point shot when we didn't, we didn't need it. We needed a quick two yeah. and then we needed to, to press. And instead it was, Pass, 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 and then uh, they finally jacked up a three. They missed it, and I think there's now, what, 15 seconds left in the game, and now, now that's it, right? You're done. Um, to me, and again, is it was it coaching or was it poor execution? I don't know. I'm not there for the huddles. I don't know what was discussed, but to me, that was not the right way we needed to end the game. Um, for other positives, though, so positive in terms of things that I think we've collectively felt wasn't maybe either – poor coaching during timeouts or poor execution. Again, I don't know which is which um, and what's happening or a combination of the two. But twice this this game I saw um, timeouts leading to really what looked to me very well drawn up plays, one in the first half and one in the second. So right after um, timeout, 45 seconds left in the first half, um, we got an alley-oop down to TJD for a, a slam and had something very similar down to race in the second half. So I think that there's there's glimmers of things that at least we've seen in the past that have not been good, that now we're seeing some. So we've, we talked about it in the Iowa game as an example, where we're now seeing some better inbounds um, defense being played. So I think there's still a positive we can take away from this. We've already talked about the fast start and um, and some of those things at least, you know, um, give me some hope maybe and trying to hold on to some of that hope yet. So, so yes, decision-making to me, especially down the stretch was not there. No. And you know, the other moment I keep thinking about was actually in the second half, you know, we were only up by four at halftime. And I think if you're a Michigan state fan, you probably felt pretty good only being down four with how you had started. You know, and I really thought, I mean, I, I liked how Indiana played in the first half, actually. You know, I, I thought, yes, we had that lull at the end of the first half and let them get back into it. But I still thought if we just shoot our normal percentage from three, we're up 10, 11 points and you're feeling good about that first half. This team is not going to play perfect basketball, you know, but for this team, what they did in the first half was pretty good. And then they came out in the second half and, you know, getting it right into trace, getting it into race, really built some momentum and, you know, had a, you know, Michigan State cut it to 38-33 and then, you know, Rob got that steal, gets it to Armand for that great three in transition. Then we get another steal. Ray scores inside. It's 43 to 33 in the second half. And we're feeling like, okay. And then the bottom just falls out of everything, you know? And yeah. We keep coming back to that. But, you know, that's where, again, you know, you look at this and you look at what Trace and Race did today. And, you know, offensively, they were both really good. But defensively, they were really good, too. You know, the guys who hurt Indiana were not any of their inside guys. You know, yeah, Bingham had eight points. Uh, Kithier had two. Marble had three. But they weren't scoring inside. The issue was our backcourt and our wings had no answer for their backcourt and their wings. You know, and whether, you know, Armand is still dealing with issues with his ankle, you know, who who knows there. He doesn't quite look like himself, but he wasn't able to guard Aaron Henry. No one was because he scored 27 points. That continues to be 
uh, a blight on Archie's on Archie's recruiting record, not getting Aaron Henry. Um, not that I need to remind anybody about that, but you know, we gave Josh Langford life. He ends up scoring 14 points. Gabe Brown, 14 points. You know, look, and this kind of goes back to our identity, right? For four years, our identity as a program has really been built around playing inside out. You know, and folk, it, not recruiting inside out, but playing inside out. Started with Juwan Morgan, you know, then even last year, uh, you know, with Deron and Trace, and this year with, with Trace and Race, we're really focused on inside out. And that's fine if your best players and your most talented players are big guys. You can still win that way. But you got to be able to get complementary play from the guards and wings. And that's where it just collapsed today, defensively and offensively, Kathy. You know, we just we didn't have answers for their guys. And, you know, look, the pack line defense, if you're not able to stop dribble penetration, you're not able to stop people from driving into the lane, this defense doesn't work. And that's what happened today. They kind of went wherever they wanted to go. And, you know, if a guy like Al Durham is going to be out there playing defense where we know he struggles, he's got to counter it with points. Against Minnesota, I thought his defense was very, very poor. But he scored 16 points. And you can win that way when Al is scoring. When Al, when all he does is hit four free throws, you can't compensate for the defensive mistakes that he makes. And there's really no level of defense Rob could play that is going to make up for scoring no points and basically being not even a threat offensively. So, you know, I keep coming back to that, and, and this is where, you know, you start trying to peer at what's ahead for the rest of the season. The season's not over by any means. You know, Indiana has an opportunity to pick up good wins against Rutgers, against Purdue, against Michigan, against Michigan State again. Those are all, you know, A-level quad one opportunities Indiana has. But any Indiana fan would be forgiven for not having any confidence in our ability to beat those teams because we just don't know what we're going to get from our guards. If you get a good Robin Al game, then you've got a chance. And if you don't, you can get superstar level play from Trace Jackson Davis and enter the, the very end of the game not even having a chance. That's what is just so frustrating and so crushing. And yeah, some of that has to go on those guys. They've got to play better. But man, you just look back at, you know, you, you try to understand what's going on from a coaching perspective that's not giving these guys confidence, that is putting them in situations where they are just this up and down. And I just, I don't understand it. I'm saying all this. I have no answers for it. It's just, it, 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 it forces Indiana fans into this position we don't want to be in, where you look at these last four games and you just kind of throw your hands up. And it's like, I don't know, like maybe we'll have a chance in some of these games, but I don't feel good about any of them. And that sucks. You know, it's a, it sucks to be in that position because we all want to be hopeful. We all want to be positive. And then you see a performance like this, and it's like, gosh, every time we feel like we're turning the smallest little corner, we end up crashing into the wall. Sorry, I don't yeah. know. I just threw a whole bunch of stuff at you. There's not really a question. So please just react to my to my own rantings there. <laughs> one, um, one thing, I, yeah, I want to key in on what you were saying. So uh, we definitely scored on them inside, right? Like it just, obviously, it shows up in this scoring of TJD and race leading the way with our points and it, and it felt like we did stop our big guys or their big guys rather, which we did, but they outscored us in the paint 38 to 40. So clearly the rest of our defense is still letting us down. And I think that's exactly what you, and I'm sure most of those probably came from Aaron Henry. So we had no, no, no answer to him today. Like I, I can't remember how many people in total we tried putting on him, but no one could stop him. I mean, Armand, I think did most of the the heavy lifting on, on, uh, on Henry today, but boy, he just was unstoppable. It seemed like from any kind of, it was like a matchup nightmare maybe for us. We just had no one. Um, 
one interesting thing, uh, nothing to do with what you had to say, but one interesting thing I thought maybe I'd bring up <laughs> for us to, to, to talk about was a, a lineup that Archie had mentioned in one of his press conferences earlier this week, and I, I've seen comments here and there about playing Trace, Race, and um, Jerome together. We saw that today. Problem is a put Jerome on Aaron Henry. So, and, and in that stretch, I know I saw Jerome get, you know, Henry just drove on him a few times and took him to school too. So, it, I don't know. Was it too small of a sample size? Did it really, do we have anything to say, well, we think it could work because I didn't feel like it worked today, unfortunately. This isn't the matchup to do it, though. Like, I think you can do right. it if Jerome has to guard a standstill shooter, but Aaron Henry is like their main creator. Yep. So, you don't put Jerome on him. That's defensive suicide. I mean, it's just Absolutely. Jerome can't guard Aaron Henry. And I had said the same thing, you know, to, uh, I watched the game with my husband. I looked at, at Sean. I said, well, I, I know in theory this might be the time to try it, but I don't think so because I don't think he could guard Henry and it kind of played out. So, but it was interesting that at least we saw that. The other thing I thought was interesting from a lineup perspective and things we have been <laughs> maybe talking about uh, at nauseum is uh, Coach Miller's stubbornness to change the lineup or um, very predictable and when he does, right? So like it is consistent when we get to that first media timeout that he is going to bring in at least probably one to two subs. He didn't do that today. Mm -mm. Um, he left the starters in, which in both halves, actually, both halves, the starters came out, they were really strong and they were playing well together. And that's one of the things I've been not happy with with Archie is when a group seems to be playing together. It's like, nope, we get to the timeout. It's time to sub. And then we lose our flow. He didn't do that today. And at least it seemed um, we maintained the flow a little bit longer until until we didn't. No. <laughs> um, but that, again, to me, at least it showed something positive we can try to hang our hat on. Those are good observations, Kathy, you know, especially the one about Jerome guarding Aaron Henry. I mean, you just you can't do that. <laughs> it's just it's not going to go well. Um, Coach Marlowe, any stats jump out to you? And in games like this, I know sometimes looking at the stats, it's like you know who the heck cares. Um, but do any do any jump out at you besides the one that we've the ones that we've mentioned so far? Yeah, bench got outscored thirty four to five. Yep. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta be able to get more than five points off the bench. I I, I understand Michigan State has some guys who normally start Watts. Brown, they were coming in off the bench today, but you've got to have more than five points off the bench. And that to me is, is the one stat I was looking at. And we gave up 14 second chance points to nine. And this was one of the things that I felt was key in the, in the sky report, having watched Michigan state their last couple of games, they had struggled on the, on offense and defense with their post play, but we let a team that basically was on life support, have life, get confidence. And it came back to bite us. And a lot of that to me started because they started getting some offensive rebounds in the first half, or at least enough that they got them a couple pos extra possessions and shots that they were able to hit. And uh, to me, those are that, but that stat of 34 to five off the bench, I, you got to be able to find more. And I will say one thing about Jerome with that lineup. That's where you got a cross match, in my opinion. And maybe race can't guard Aaron Henry either, but don't put Jerome on him, have Jerome guard the other big and make, and see if race can go out and at least stay in front of, Aaron Henry on the perimeter. Yeah. You know, other stats wise, you know, I always like to look at the blocks and steals numbers to, to kind of see, you know, what those are. They're usually indicative of Indiana playing good defense and today Indiana had three blocks and 10 steals. Um, and you know, it's weird. I think, you know, we got a lot of those early in the first half and early in the second half when we were playing good defense, like there were some flashes of really good defense. It also helped that Michigan state was kicking the ball around the court somewhat, but I mean, but man, we were active defensively. I mean, race Thompson, the first seven, eight minutes of this game, his, 
I tweeted, active eyes, active feet, active hands. He was everywhere and was just kind of, you know, running himself into steals, seven steals for him today. But it just, we just couldn't sustain it, you know? And, 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 you know, coach, you mentioned something there that is so key. They got comfortable. And, you know, if there has been a theme of Archie's four years at Indiana, starting from the very first dadgum game, which we all remember, it's opposing teams coming into Assembly Hall and getting comfortable, you know, and bad shooters getting hot. And, you know, in some of these games like this, some of these inexplicable losses, and that's where it comes back to a program built on defense and toughness doesn't let that happen. A program built on defense and toughness, when you smell a little bit of blood, you turn it up. You don't relax. And this program relaxes. And so whether that's the message isn't getting through because it's not being delivered well, because you have the wrong guys, you know, you have the wrong guys that you're giving the message to, I don't really believe that. But there's a disconnect there somewhere. You know, there's a disconnect there, and it's causing losses like this because – like you said, Coach, this Michigan State team was on life support coming in. Tom Izzo's calling his guys out. Now, I expected them to play well. You know, mm-hmm. I, Now, I thought we would play better, but I expected them to play well and for this to actually be a pretty high-level game. But with the way it actually started to just, you know, to allow them to come back like that and to just to not have any answers, I mean, it's just, it is so disappointing. Losses like this are the worst kind. You know, it's almost like, hey, if you're just going to go get your butt kicked, go get your butt kicked. You know, but to play like this and to actually play well, to see it on the court today, it's not like we just didn't have it. It's like we had stretches where you see it, but then it just totally goes away. What is that? I, I don't know, I wish, but it's not I good. I wish I had an answer. Yeah. Anyway, any stats for you, Kathy? Um, I was I was going to talk about the same with the bench points. Um, points off of turnovers were interesting to me. We out outscored them 17 to 12. The interesting thing I wrote down at one point, let me see if I can find it. Um, we had like 14 points off of turnovers in the first half, but only three in the second half. <laughs> so again, we just lost that intensity. So our focus or whatever, whatever fun word we're, we're going with today, but um, yes, the, the, and the seven steals from race, um, I'm quite sure I read that was a career high for him too. So seven of our 10 steals from race. So I thought he was all over. Unfortunately, it just, they didn't all turn into enough points for us at the end. So um, those are a couple of, of the, the stats that, that um, led to me. Uh, free throw shooting was better, um, 71% today, which is sad. By the way, I don't feel like 71% is still the mark we should be shooting for. The unfortunate thing this time, which was different from one of the games we did win earlier in the year, where free throw shooting came down, and I think it was mostly Al, today it fell off when we needed it. I know at one point we lost or missed four in a row at least, um, five if you count the second attempt, <laughs> Trey Scott, um, with the lane violation, but and that was late into the game. So um, only 60% in the second half for free throw shooting w- when we needed it. I'm not um, trying to – I'm sorry. Yeah, so that, that's what I was going to say, Jeff, wrapping it up. So to me, those are some of the things that was like, it was a positive of free throw shooting in the first half and, again, led to to a negative that that hurt us at the end. But, yeah, Jeff. I, I was going to say the free throws. I, I was I had, I had I marked it down, but I can't find my notes. But Armand had two free throws late that was late in the game and missed on yeah. both. I mean, those yeah. were huge. And that was – I'm not trying to call Armand out because I thought he played okay. But those two free throws when you're behind, you got to have. You're spot on. Those are exactly the ones I was talking about. Two from Trace, three, again, if you count the lane violation and missed the third one, and then two from Armand right after that. And then I think um, Trace got to the line again right after that and still went one of two. So 
So, you know, we went five of six when it really counted towards the end. And that was well under the four minute mark. Yeah. I don't, coach, I don't think it's, it's not calling a player out to just describe what he did. You know, I think, I think we can, I think we can do that. You know, it's, it's, you know, when you get into some of the other stuff and attacking players and saying they suck and all this stuff, which we certainly don't do on this show, but I know it, I saw some people in the chat who were like, what, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't criticize. No, no, no. Criticize away. There's, you know, lots to, to criticize today and we don't need to necessarily beat around the bush about who made this play and who didn't make that play, but just keep it fair and, and constructive, which we try to do. But boy, it is, it is a frustrating day to be a Hoosier. Um, I think we probably feel like you all feel that was, it was a winnable game that we had to have and we just pissed it away. And mm -hmm. that's really frustrating. And well-coached teams don't do that. They don't. And, and on top of that, Jared, I think the other frustrating thing is here, it felt like we were seeing some growth from the team, <laughs> right? We, we were starting to win those games, it felt like, right? We had a, uh, the overtime win, right, with Northwestern, where we finally pulled it out, and the close win with Iowa, where we pulled it out. So it felt like maybe we had turned the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it just all slipped Look, through the fingers. Here's the, here's the issue. And I say this from the perspective of being the jackass who said earlier today, I expect Indiana to play its best 40-minute game of the season. I did. Like, it just – it felt like with the way people talked after the Minnesota game – like, you guys listen to me on the post-game show or whoever listened to the post-game show. Like, I wasn't overly impressed with how we played in the Minnesota game. But it felt like the guys kind of figured something out mentally. And so I expected them to kind of take the next step today against a team that had really been struggling. And I expected us to play well. And goodness gracious, through the first 10 minutes of the game, I'm like, hey, you know, here it comes. But, you know, then you, know, you start to look back, Kathy, and, and I think this is the issue is, you know, the win over Northwestern, it was great that they battled back and won that at the end, but they didn't play well against a team that isn't very good. And the game against Minnesota, it's great that they ended up winning that game by 10, but that was a team without Gabe Kalsher and injured Liam Robbins, and we didn't even play well defensively. So, you know, I think we're in this position where when we do get a win and when we do get, you know, what looks like a flash of good play, we want to believe so much that we extrapolate it more than the underlying fundamentals of the play actually suggest that we should. You know, we want to believe so badly that these wins are, you know, really meaningful, that this is a special defense because they went and, and played great against Iowa without C.J. Frederick. You know, but the truth is, it just hasn't been that good. And games mm. like this remind us how far we have to go. And, it, you know, I, like, I'm not going to apologize for being confident about the team and, you know, it's, you know, thinking that we were going to play well. Like, I want to be optimistic. I want to buy into this. But, God, it really makes you feel like an idiot every time you do. And then you just get bopped on the head, you know, with another poor performance or a, a collapse down the stretch. And it, it just it makes you reticent to embrace it with, you know, as much as you can. And this is a team that won three out of four games coming into this. And fans wanted to believe so badly. And that that's why this loss is so crushing. Because you win this game, you build some momentum, you get everybody with a good mindset, able to look at these final games down the stretch, I think, with the right perspective, which is these games are going to be tough, but we've put ourselves in a position now that if we can just win one of these, we're probably feeling good for the NCAA tournament. That's out the window now. Now you've really got to do some work because you lost this game. And, you know... You, you, you push that rock up the hill, getting the fans to kind of believe in you again, and that rock is all the way back at the bottom now. And that's what this yeah. program has been for four years. And it's just so frustrating. All right. Um, on that note, uh, <laughs> coming up on the assembly call, we're going to hand out our game balls, uh, hit any other lingering storylines, and then we will look ahead to Indiana's next opponent. Then it'll be time for last call. That's next on the assembly call. Stick with us.
sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Devontae would like Trey Galloway to know that that was a good shot, and he fully supports him <laughs> taking it. <laughs> You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game. Plus, every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. While you're there, make sure that you sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm Jared Morris. I am here with the other coach, Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos, and we are breaking down Indiana's 78-71 loss to Michigan State. Uh, It's time for game balls. It's just a formality. This is the easiest game ball that we've probably had all season. So let's just go around and say it to make it official. Kathy, who gets your game ball? Yeah, clearly Trace, right? I don't I don't know how you can look to anyone else. Um, 34 points. I believe that was a career high, right? Yes. Yeah. Career high for Trace. Um, didn't quite get the double-double, whatever. Um, nine points, um, two turnovers. Um, one was kind of silly, but I don't even remember the other one, so it must not have made me too mad. Only one foul and two assists, too. So <laughs> um, overall, I just thought he he played a great game from from um, tip to to the final buzzer. So I, I was I was very pleased with him. He did. And, and Coach, here's the thing with Trace. I think everybody expected him to have a good game because big mm-hmm. men have been feasting on Michigan State all season long. And Michigan State's game plan even kind of seemed to be, we're going to give up some stuff to Trace. If he can beat our guys one-on-one, fine. You know, we're going to give up some stuff to him. We're not going to let them go off from three-point range. You know, but he really took advantage. And he came out today and did some of the things we've wanted him to do. Be assertive. Go quick. You know, be the aggressive guy that you can be. You know, he was the best big man on the court, and he came out to show it. And so, you know, I think kind of a normal Trace performance against Michigan State you know, he's probably like 24 and six, and you're still feeling pretty good about that. For him to go 34, nine, and down the stretch in the second half when everything else was falling apart, and all we could do is throw it into him, and Michigan State even knew it was coming, and they've got, you know, Kithier out there, and they've got, you know, some highly recruited guys, athletic guys trying to defend him. He was still getting work done. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Indiana fans, there's not a lot to feel good about today overall, but I, I feel good about the way that Trace played. And on, you know, 98% of days, this is the kind of effort that's going to be good enough. But when the coaching and backcourt play just completely collapses and doesn't have your back like they didn't today for Trace, this is the result. So he, he's the obvious game ball. Anything else from his play stand out to you today? Well, he added two steals and two blocks. So I'll add that in for that from Kathy's standpoint. He was also, I was more impressed, 11 of 18 from the field, 12 of 16 at the line from his stats. So I, you, you, Trace had a great game. And that was one of the things we've talked about at different points. You talk about how Izzo played him, Jared, and they didn't double. And we've talked about that a little bit um, with other players, like a Travion Williams with Purdue, just let him get his, a Garza, let him get his and stay locked on to the guards. 
And honestly, today, you know, except for that stretch in the first eight, 10 minutes, Michigan State's game plan actually played out pretty well. They let Trace get his points, but they still got a win, unfortunately, at our expense. Yeah. And, look, yeah. and you know, I guess I guess Tom Izzo didn't believe uh, or, or he did believe in Indiana's improved three point shooting, you know, and didn't didn't want to let him get going. But right. we even got those looks early in the game. And God, we just couldn't get him to fall. That's what's so that that's what's especially yep. frustrating, you know, because we played really well for the first 10, 11 minutes of the game, but it was much closer than it should have been because we just didn't shoot well. And I get shooting is an important part of playing well. But, you know, my, my coach in high school always used to say that to me. You know, you played well, but you didn't shoot well today. You know, you can you can feel okay about that. Keep shooting next time. They're going to go in. Sometimes the shots just don't fall. And today the shots just didn't fall. Now, over the course of a game when you're only 4 for 19, you know, that can cause you to lose. Because if Indiana hits a couple more of those, you hit three more of those, and you're 7 of 19 up to your regular percentage, you win the game. But mm -hmm. this isn't – we're not talking about hypotheticals. This was the shooting Indiana brought to the arena today, and it wasn't good enough to win. So, you know, whatever. Um, just frustrated. All right, so Trace gets the game ball. That was an obvious one. Now it is time for... I think this one will be pretty obvious too, but the Coach Roberts Real Hustle Award presented by Evansville Security Services. You know, in basketball, good defense... <laughs> good defense. I miss good defense. Requires your help to be in the right place at the right time. Well, the same principle applies to life too, especially when it comes to protecting your business or loved ones. But I promise you, Evansville Security Services help will be in better help position than Indiana's has been. So just, you know, I know we're, we're making that association here, but it'll, it'll be better for them. Uh, but this is where Evansville Security Services steps in. They provide off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana, and you can choose between uniformed or non-uniformed officers. In addition, Evansville Security Services offers an accident reconstructionist who can go all over the state. You can count on the folks at ESS to conduct themselves in a professional manner at all times, and all of their off-duty officers are equipped with the industry's best equipment. And the best part is that when you have an off-duty cop on the job, your security officer won't have to waste time calling 911 and then wait. They're already police, so they don't have to do that. I wish there had been someone to call 911 for Indiana a couple times down the stretch in the second half. Unfortunately, there was not. But go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com or call 812-214-1132. Remember that prevention cannot be measured. Let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. I will say a guy who helped prevent a lot of bad outcomes on the defensive end today was Race Thompson. You know, we mm -hmm. talked about his steals um, on the broadcast. They mentioned a lot just his toughness defending the post and how immovable he was. And we've seen that from, from Race. He's, he's really you know, provided some excellent defense this season. We saw it against Luca Garza earlier this season. You know, we saw it today. Michigan State doesn't have a lot of guys that are known for scoring in the post, but Ray certainly wasn't going to let him uh, get going. And, it, you know, the seven steals, that wasn't all just guys throwing it into his hands. He was hustling. He was active. Um, so to me, it's a pretty obvious one. Uh, Race Thompson for the Mike Roberts Real Hustle Award. Kathy, are you going with Race, or do you have a nomination for somebody else? Yeah, I think it's got to be race. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I just. I. I don't know who else looking up and down this lineup. I don't think there was a single other guy that really showed up to 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 race's level or to Trace's level today. Um, again, Armand Franklin. Yeah, he had 13 points, but um, it still kind of felt like a grind from him. Um, it wasn't bad. He had those four personal fouls. He did. You know, I felt like he still was really struggling on defense as well. So, but race. Yeah, from from the defensive end to even the offensive end, I thought he was hustling. I was surprised he um, 
it felt like more. I mean, not that this is bad. He had six rebounds, <laughs> um, but it felt like more. And to me, that that speaks to his hustle because if you look in the stat line, you're like, oh, that's all. <laughs> um, I think that that tells us a lot about um, race. And we already talked about his steals today. So yeah, hundred percent on board with race. And, and, you know, Jeff, before you go, that's another number that we should probably mention, which is the rebounding. You know, Archie was pretty concerned about rebounding coming in. Indiana has not been a very good rebounding team this year. Michigan State, you know, as always, that's one of the things they do. Uh, today, Indiana got out rebounded by seven overall. You know, Indiana did get 10 offensive rebounds. Trace had four. Race had two. Uh, Michigan State had 12 offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. And while they weren't converting offensive rebounds into points in the first half, they did in the second half. And they finished with 14 uh, second chance points. Indiana had nine second chance points. So, you know, those those little factors right there, they all add up to the seven point loss. Um you know, but I, I thought for the most part, Trace and Race did an okay job rebounding. You know, but you saw Michigan State. You know, Aaron Henry had five rebounds. Josh Langford had six rebounds. Gabe Brown had four rebounds. You know, these are wings and guards who were getting in there, getting rebounds. They were just faster and tougher. Yeah. You know, we needed more Trace and Race. You know, kind of hustle and toughness to get more of those rebounds. We just didn't have it. Yeah, and that was one of the things I pointed out in the in the Sky Report that if you looked at some of the stats though this year, Michigan State had been struggling to defend their defensive glass and they really weren't getting to the offensive glass the way a typical Izzo team did. But today they looked like that kind of team. They just were more aggressive, more active on the glass and race and trace did the best they could. They just couldn't keep everybody off the glass. We needed the guards to rebound a little bit better than they did. And I'll go with you guys. Race gets my, you know, Roberts award here, you know, 15 points, six rebounds, seven steals. He had that one nice block that saved a layup, you know, I believe in the first half. So, but it just, yeah, the, the numbers just, and when you look at Jerry all the way across the board, it just points in the paint, second chance points, just rebounding, just the numbers didn't come our way when early on they were. So we just, it's frustrating, but this is going to make, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more here in a few minutes, but that this game coming up Wednesday at Rutgers is huge now. It's <laughs> huge. No, it's huge. Well, let's get to that in a minute. You know, any other storylines that we want to talk about today? I think, you know, the only other thing for me that, that, I've, that I've been thinking about is, you know, you have a game today. We've talked about it. Rob Finnessy, zero points in 30 minutes. Al Durham, four points in 36 minutes. That's 66 minutes of play for your backcourt guys where you get four points. Christian Lander did not play well today, okay? You know, I thought, you know, early in the game, he made some nice passes. You know, you can you can see the talent and some of the things that he did. But gosh, you can see the freshmanness in the airballed three-pointer, which I think is his fifth airball of his last six threes that he's taken, and then the really bad post-entry that he made. You know, and so Archie took him out immediately following that, which I get. He's a young player. When there's mistakes like that that are made, you've got to take him out and coach him up. But, you know, Coach, I'm curious, would you have put him back in the game when nothing else is working and you need a spark? Because, you know, he's going to give up some stuff on defense, and yet we let Rocket Watts walk right into the lane and score. And I get, you know, if Rob Finnessy's playing well or Al is playing well, you keep those guys out there. But on a day like today where it's like everybody's playing bad, you know, the, the, the thing that we heard on the broadcast, which I thought was a good point, you know, is for Michigan State, they just played their talent. They played yep. their talent. The talent ended up winning out. And I think we all agree, you know, Lander's a talented guy. When the other guards, the upperclassmen are collapsing like this, why not roll the dice with him a few more minutes down the stretch? He might make more mistakes, but it's not going to be much worse than what you're getting from other guys, you know? And I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm not saying I have the right answer in this case. I just know I've spent a lot of time thinking about it because you just kind of wonder, would that have changed anything? Maybe not. But, 
you know, at the end of the day, I'd almost rather go down swinging with my talent and just see if they can make some plays when nothing else is really going right. I would have put him back in. And again, I, I, for disclosure, for those who haven't been listening to some of the shows or seeing me in the chat, I've been a Lander guy really for a long time this year. But I liked when he took him out. He'd made some mistakes he needed. Yeah. You tweeted about this. You tweeted uh, during the game about take him out, talk to him, coach him up, and then get him back in the game in a little bit. Yeah. And we weren't – I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but people will be like, well, do you want to win now? Well, we lost the game today. Were we going to lose by any more if Lander played more minutes and maybe we get a little bit more of a dynamic flow to the offense? I mean, I'm with you. I don't – we got four points in, you know, like what did you say, 60-some minutes of, you know, our starting guards. And you can't win. I put that on Twitter. You cannot win when you're only getting four points. Or I think at that point it was two points in 30-some minutes in the first half from your, your starting guards. And – and I would have put him back again, I'm repeating, I guess, but yeah, I would have put him back in. But my other thing, kind of that same thing, the bench, as I mentioned earlier, five points. Uh, Anthony Leo got two minutes. There was no, no Geronimo today. Where, you know, could yeah. Jordan Geronimo have guarded Aaron Henry for a couple minutes? I, I just, sometimes the rotations I'm at a loss for. I liked Kathy's point, and I tweeted this out early in the game. We didn't sub at that first under, uh, under 16 timeout in both halves. And I liked that move, but. When it got away from us, juggle it. I, I just, you know, you're you're not winning with the group that's out there. So we used to have a phrase. I got this from the guy that was my mentor. You know, I'm losing with you. I can lose without you. You know, I, I'm going to try and find somebody that's going to win. You know. Yeah. So now it's look. This is, you know, who knows? And we're not in practice. Jordan Geronimo might have had the worst week of practice he's ever had, and maybe that's Correct. why he didn't play. You know, so we we Correct. have no idea. It's it's always kind of tough to question those things. I just, you know, especially with with Lander when you know that he can make plays I I'm just I'm not a big fan of him making a couple of bad plays you take him out and then you don't give him another chance because he's not going to believe that his coach trusts him you know just like I wonder with a guy like him managing the mental part of it the emotional part of it is as important as the rest of it mm-hmm. so look if Rob and Al are out there playing you can credibly look at him and say Christian I can't put you back out there we got to win this game when these guys are playing like this but He's watching the same game that we are. And that's why in a game like this, it just makes me wonder. Do you think he didn't put him in so much because of the defense? Like, that's the one thing from Al um, and Rob today, especially Rob. I didn't think that they were – I thought they were fairly decent on on defense today. Maybe I, I missed some things, but did, do you think that's why? I mean <laughs> – the game to me for Lander wasn't there for him today. It just wasn't coming to him um, on either ends of the court. You've already talked about the air ball three, which clearly he was upset about. And it immediately, he threw his hands up on his, his head and he just has this distraught look on his face. So he's clearly got a confidence issue going on the offensive end, but I felt like he was a pretty big liability on the defensive end. I saw him a couple of times again, losing his, his guy. So, you know, to play devil's advocate to both of you, do you not give him more, <laughs> more minutes because yeah, Rob and Al weren't there today on the offensive end. They, they did have some assists, right? They had six assists of our 14, but at least they were at least decent on the defensive end. So if you put Lander in for one of them, not only do you not get an offensive boost, but now you're losing on defense too. I would push back on the notion that those two guys were decent defensively. Personally, I think the failure of our defense was the guys on the perimeter and I thought they really struggled. And so look, I, I, I look, Lander is not a good defensive player. Like if you stacked up all of our defensive players, he's probably the worst defensive player that we have. But whereas earlier in the season, it was he 
I don't think he's ever not tried, but I think he was trying to figure out how hard he needed to play defensively early on. He works at it now. Like, he tries defensively, but he's going to get out of position. He will give up points. You know, I think this whole debate here ending it, and this is why this is such a frustrating debate, we're trying to choose between basically all bad options. So that's why it doesn't seem like there's one that really fits. What I don't like is when a, a guy takes a shot that for him, for his entire basketball career, that's been a good shot for Christian Lander to take. He's in rhythm. He's been a good three-point shooter. He airballs it. That to me is an opportunity for a coach with a young, talented player that is a building block of the future of your program. Pat him on the back, coach him up, get him back out there so he doesn't sit for 10 minutes dwelling on a bad shot. I just think that's poor program and player management. To me, again, there may be other contexts there that we don't know, and so I always leave some room for that. But when you're not getting anything else, and again, in the most crucial defensive possession of the game, Rocket Watts just waltzes in and scores, what else do you have to lose? So we've spent way too much time on this, but I just it's an interesting philosophical discussion because I continue to think that one of that like one of the most important jobs Archie has down the stretch is how are you developing Christian Lander? It's for this season, for what can you get out of him for the rest of this season and for the future of the program. And burying him on the bench after he makes two mistakes, that to me all that's going to do is say my coach doesn't trust me. And I think that the relationship between those two guys is crucial for this program to have any life moving forward. That's why I yeah. don't like it. So anyway, any anything else on that? I guess we can probably move on. People are probably jumping yeah. out of the chat. Enough with the Christian Lander talk already. Uh, I just, uh, not know, too much. I feel not strongly about it, but whatever. Um, okay, Rutgers coming up, coach. One of Indiana's more disappointing performances of the year earlier this year. You know, remember that first road win at Iowa. Everybody's excited. Come home against Rutgers. Take care of business. Boy, this thing is really going to be moving. And they had a dud. Uh, now, you know, as you said, instead of, you know, kind of looking at these games down the stretch as, okay, we got to get, you know, uh, you know let, let's get one of these. These are going to be tough, but boy, let's get one and we feel good. Now we probably got to get at least two of these. And these are going to be tough, tough games. That's why this loss is so crushing. What do you look at? What do you expect in that game? Well, I, I thought Dockish made a point in the in the broadcast about how Rutgers is a bad matchup for us because they can put one guy inside and then they can put shooters out around the arc and, and, and or drive from there. And there's some truth to that. But I was doing some research on them today, trying to think about this segment and also for the Sky Report later. They're only shooting um, for the season. They're only shooting at about 46 percent. They're 32 percent from the beyond the arc, and they're only a 62 percent free throw team. But they score about 71 and a half a game, but they only give up 68. So defensively, they're good, too. They only allow 42, 33, 72 on those same percentages. But I'm not sure it's all that bad a matchup if we'll play some defense and make them shoot tough shots that are over contested shots over people rather than being kind of out there with their heads wandering around going, who are we guarding and letting them get wide open looks. And that was kind of what bothered me in the first game. And they, that may have been one of the first games I did the sky report for, for the community online. They were struggling. They couldn't hit a three to save their life in the game before they came to Rensselaer, or to Rensselaer, sorry, into assembly <laughs> hall into Bloomington. And they made us look like we didn't have a clue what we're doing defensively. And it's just like, you know, Sometimes the team has that game, but it's, at some point they're a 32% free th or three point shooting team. Make them shoot tough, contested shots and don't give up drives. Yeah. Well, we'll see what Indiana has in store for us. Um, I can tell you, I will definitely not be here for that post game show. So my wife and I are going in Tuesday night. 
she is going to be induced, and so hopefully we are uh, we are welcoming a, a new little Hoosier in uh, on Wednesday. I tell you that we're gonna we're planning to have shows, but as I said on the last show, you know, if anything is a little bit delayed with getting the podcast up, any of that stuff, you know, while I'm out, we're we're working on, uh, you know, we've 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 got some plans in place to hopefully make sure that there's no uh, interruptions. But just in case, if you are ever looking for the podcast and you don't see it, you know, at the normal time when you think it should be there, you can always watch on YouTube. The shows are always live on YouTube. They're always archived on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube.com/assemblycall and you can always watch the episodes there. So just know that here as we move into this kind of uncertain time when my availability will probably be a little bit less. Um, just wanted you to know that and the. You know, the last point that I just want to reiterate, Coach, um, because we've we've definitely done some, you know, we've been critical of Rob and Al today, and I think rightfully so. I also, I don't understand why you're going to play Al Durham for 36 minutes and not run more stuff for him. And I think the same thing for Armand Franklin. And we talked about it a little bit, you know, with the, you know, rolling him off screens. I... I I was very high on Al coming into the season because of the way they used him at the end of last season, the role that he could have in the offense. But too often we see you know, Al making moves offensively where he's almost just kind of freelancing or doing something at the end of the clock or, you know, kind of in a, a tough position where he's just kind of got to go drive in. It's like, why not run more screens for him? Get him open looks, get him the ball on movement where he's really good. I, you know, he's a limited offensive player, but to me, when you have a guy who's limited, but really good at the things that he does, You've got to put him in a position to succeed. And so I just want to make sure that I make that point. We've been harsh on Al, but I think part of the reason he struggles in matchups like this against really physical teams is he's being asked to do stuff he's not as good at. Now, that's not ideal to have a player who's limited and you have to, you know, do some of that stuff. But I really, you know, felt like today, you know, maybe there's a chance to, you know, to run some stuff for him, get him, get him open. Cause the few times we did it, good things happen and we just didn't do it enough. So it's not all on just those guys. I think you've also got to put no. him in position to succeed. I, I'll jump in there real quick and say I think that I totally agree with that. I think you got to find a way, and that goes back to Kathy's point earlier in the show. What's the identity? Why don't we set some more screens for Al to get him open in a space or get him moving downhill a little bit? Same thing with Armand. Even Rob, to a certain degree, move him off the ball a little bit, let him come up off a down screen and see if he can cre- get something a little bit better uh, of a flow. And I just think that's, I totally agree with that, Jared. I think that's where you put out a position to play and you go back to some of our defensive positioning or deficiencies. I know Jerome and Christian aren't great defenders, but good coaches and good systems can cover up for guys that aren't the best defensive players, but yet provide you offense. And, I, and I've had, had a running joke with some of my friends about, you know, in this system right now, if we go by what the philosophy is, I'm not sure Steve Alford plays. You know, it, you know it just, you know, I know that's hyperbole, but sometimes you Is can't it? always have, I, you, you've got to play some guys that can also put the ball in the basket and then be able to cover up for them defensively. So, and, but today it was just too many guys who were not good defensively. Yeah. Boy, that's. That's that's a great point to end on, Jeff. It really is. That, that kind of sums up uh, what's happening here. All right. Uh, as a reminder, make sure that you go to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code assembly20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. Time for last call. A couple people asked in the chat, do we know if it's a boy or a girl? It is a boy. So very excited about that. Chance to, you know, who knows? My daughter may grow up into be a basketball player. She's not mm-hmm. showing a lot of signs now. That she is into athletics, she's into a lot of other things, and I love that about her. Um, but we'll see. And maybe my son won't be into athletics either or into IU basketball. But I will. I will give both of them every single chance that I can to 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 adopt that love. Or maybe I should push them in another direction and not uh, 
curse them with this uh, love for IU basketball that we have that brings us here after these games like IU Michigan State uh, for what we hope is a cathartic post-game show. I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm going to be just as frustrated at the end of this one as I was when it started. That's not always the case, but I can kind of feel that right now. All right, let's go to last call. Uh, Kathy, why don't you go first with your final thoughts on this disappointing <laughs> Indiana loss? Great. Um, <laughs> well, I feel better, Jared, I guess, if that's a good so, uh, yeah, I feel better. So, you know, congratulations to you and your wife, by the way, on your yes. on your son coming up. And I think Thank you. maybe that's a good good place to end it on a closing note and a good reminder to all of us that it's basketball. There are bigger things in life than, than Indiana basketball. So, yeah, let's be upset. Let's be frustrated. Um, but, but there's more to life to this. And let's move on. Um, <laughs> Um, speaking of moving on, like for me, I'm going sledding with some friends here in about an hour. So I haven't been since I was little, so I'm super excited and trying, trying some new things. So, you know, let's remember that we'll go into the the Rutgers game with a a fresh set of, um, optimism. Let's try some optimism. There are some, some glimmers of hope, um, right. That we can take from this game. Trace was great. Race was good. We just need some supporting casts around him and, and we can get there. There the season, I'm still not there where I don't, I'm not jumping on with others that let's play all the freshmen. They're not ready yet. And the season is not over and the season is not lost. We have four games, five games left now because we have another shot at Michigan state, right? I mean, we can, we have that game rescheduled. So we have five more games plus the big 10 tournament. The season's not lost for us to get into the tournament. Um, So we need to be Keep our mind on that. Stay positive. Remember, there is more. Let's go out and have some fun still in life and love our family. Um, come back and cheer our Hoosiers again when we play Rutgers this week. Yeah. Well said, Kathy. Coach, final thoughts? Yeah. First of all, I agree with Kathy, Jared. Congratulations to you and your wife on your on your impending birth of your baby boy. And you're talking about not liking things. You'll learn to love what they love. You know, oh, yeah. volleyball. My <laughs> oldest played a lot of volleyball. I learned to get into volleyball. You know, it, it, she was going through middle school and stuff. And so my my youngest daughter was a so, kind of more of a softball kid. So you'll you'll learn to love it. But there, it's an awesome event for you. So congratulations. Um, I mentioned earlier. I think Rutgers on Wednesday is a huge game. We have I think three road games now left. We've got to find a way to get at least one, if not two of them, because that Michigan game at home will be tough. Um, but I'm I agree with Kathy. You know, at the end of the day, it. I live and die with IU basketball. Somebody mentioned in the chat that this is kind of the group therapy for IU basketball right now. Um, but it's it, t- you, tomorrow you got to start focusing. I think that's where the, co- the maybe Archie does a little bit better job of this than maybe we as a fan base do. But you, when tomorrow morning rolls around, you got to forget about today. And, it's, and I feel that way about wins too, because you can't let a win linger to where you go. Ba- you know, maybe that was part of the problem. They beat Minnesota and they were feeling like, oh, maybe, you know, we played really well, even though we questioned exactly how well they played. And it carried over today where they just thought they could go out and play a four and nine Michigan state team in the league and they would roll over. Well, they didn't. So you got to be able to let go of this loss and move on and get ready for Rutgers on Wednesday. You sure do. You know, it's interesting. Kathy is absolutely right that there are more important things than IU basketball and all that, but we never say that after a big win. <laughs> after a big win, we it does you know everything is everything is great and you know but today today was a bad loss and it's important to keep that perspective, Kathy. It's a really good point and it's important to remember that the season isn't over either. You know, we've spent an hour and, and 18 minutes now venting and going over everything that went wrong. Um, and a lot went wrong today for Indiana. And now Indiana needs a lot to go right. You know, the, this loss did not 
end the season, Indiana's chances of making the NCAA tournament are not over, whether or not you think they're an NCAA tournament team right now. But it did put Indiana behind the eight ball, and it really increased the degree of difficulty. And, you know, that's what's so disappointing. So, look, this team has the, 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 the talent to win some of these games down the stretch. They are not mm-hmm. incapable of winning some of these games. They can go to Rutgers and beat Rutgers. They can go on the road and, and win at Michigan State. You know, the other two games, I don't know if we've seen any evidence that they can beat Michigan or that they can actually go beat Purdue. So I'm not, I'm not going to make any comments on those. Um, but they can win two of these games down the stretch. And, you know, they may need to do that. They probably do need to do that to get themselves back in NCAA tournament consideration. So that's the frustration. But, look, the season is still going. Uh, you know, these guys are, are playing hard. They didn't play well today, but they played hard. You know, they're, they're trying to do the right things. And so I think in the offseason, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about whether the things that they were trying to do were the right things, but they're out there trying to do them to the best of their ability. And, you know, the least that we can do is show up, you know, try to have a good attitude, be as positive as we can, you know, certainly be critical, you know, when they don't play up to their capabilities, but continue supporting them. And so that's what I'll do. And that's what Kathy and Jeff will do. And I know that's not, you know, we don't come on these post-game shows to end it with that, you know, little whimper of optimism. But that's what we have right now is a disappointing loss. I, no one, I'm sure, is more disappointed than the players and the coaches. But they've got another chance on Wednesday. And if they can go get that win against Rutgers, then I think we can all feel a little bit better um, about what their chances might be to make the NCAA tournament and be able to play, you know, in this unique NCAA tournament that will be in Indiana. Because undoubtedly, missing an NCAA tournament where the games are being played in Indiana would be an absolute disaster. Mm-hmm. Indiana has to find a way to avoid that disaster. Today was not a good step in that direction, but they've got some other chances. They need to put a better foot forward. Hopefully they do that uh, and get some wins here down the stretch. Okay. That is going to do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall, and don't forget to go to assemblycall.com. Or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson, who produces a lot of the music that you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Wednesday after IU Rutgers. Until then. Take it from me, Juwan Morgan. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. That was for you, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> I thank everybody for coming out. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. They got problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, problems. so fast. Um, so funny. I saw actually a couple people in the chat comments on my outfit. So I have a funny story behind my outfit in total. <laughs> At least I find them find them funny. I don't know if it was the hat or the shirt, um, but they're both stolen for lack of a better word. So the sweatshirt <laughs> um, my, my, was my son's when he was little. Um, so quite a while ago, it's old, it's like 15 years old, but he decided he didn't like hoodies. And I said, fine, that sweatshirt fits me. I'm taking it. Um, earlier, uh, about maybe six cents ago, my husband, again, for those who don't know, I live in Des Moines. My husband's from Iowa, bought this hat for himself. And one day I looked at that hat, so that's a cute hat. I'm going to put it on. I looked at it, I said, hey, I look better and it. it's my hat now. So, <laughs> and so now he had to buy another hat for himself. So, yeah. So, um, good for you. I like for that combination. I, I technically stole them from two of my family members. <laughs> hey, good for you. Good yeah. for you. All right. Well, thanks guys for being here. You guys yeah, do it. You guys have done a great job for this Thank being you. your, your first two shows. You guys do a wonderful job. So really appreciate your perspective. Sorry that Ryan had to come in and butt in on, was, on your, uh, I was so <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm just like, I don't know where to go anymore. I'm I know. So
<laughs> I know. Unfortunately, a lot of what he said was pretty spot on. So just, Yo, this is sneak deal double dizzle. You got to try and stay somewhat positive or at least you feel like the next game is going to be better because it's better than the alternative of just being completely depressed about the team, in my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. I'm sure we'll all – I don't know. I was going to say I'm sure we'll all talk ourselves into optimism by the time the Rutgers game rolls around, but maybe not. Let's just – maybe let's just wait and watch and see what happens. It's probably the best, it's probably the best policy. You know, I just – I'm finding it harder and harder to have any idea what – when you put your, your your poll out there of what do you expect from the game today, and I'm like, I, I don't know, any of those four options? Yeah. <laughs> because I that's how I feel. It's yeah. just – I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. So I like half the time I close my eyes and see which one my finger lands on kind of thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I felt good about it. And I immediately clicked IU, you know, seven plus. I thought we were going to play well. And of course, it was the exact opposite. Michigan State wins by seven. Well, you were talking about you were talking about how you thought it was going to be a 40 minute game. Well, I was the one on the Sky Report who predicted a 15 point win. So I was, you know, kind of like, oops. I was, I was not surprised. I was I was shocked that Michigan State played as poorly as they did early. I thought they would really come out and play well, you know, after Izzo, you know, kind of called them out. It took them a little while to get going. So I, even though I, I thought we would play a good 40 minutes, but I thought it would be a relatively close game, but not not the way that it went, you know. No. Where it really felt like we just, I mean, we got bludgeoned the last 10 minutes and it felt like we didn't have a shot. Anyway. And I've, talk, and I've talked about this a little bit before with you, and, you know, like when we did the uh, – the, the, um, happy hours during the summer and stuff during the pandemic. It's it still, I, I thought it had changed, but when we get into games like this and some of the other games we've seen here in the last month, I'm still not sure we have that alpha. I, I you know, Trace played well today, but I agree with you, Jared. You really probably need in the college game, your alpha needs to be a guard who can just go get you a bucket, get you a shot. Create, and Armand might be that guy by next year, but right now he's just not consistently is. No, no, you need a Yogi or you need a Coverdale, you know, like you need someone like that who can get it and settle people down. Like in the last 10 minutes, the only thing that got to settle down was getting the ball into trace, but you know, there's a lot that needs to happen to get the ball into trace. So, and I think Lander can be that guy eventually because he's got that kind of confidence um, in his own abilities. He's just, you know, he's got to learn. Yeah, but oh. you're right, though. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to four points from our two upperclassmen guards, and those four points were all free throws. I mean, you're just yep. not going to go anywhere in not today's college. Not going well, anyway. You're not going to go anywhere good with no. that kind of guard play. So. No, you're not. All right. <laughs> anyway, well, thanks, guys. I, no, thanks, thanks, everybody, for being here. here. Talk thanks to you all yeah. Kathy, nice to see you. You too, Jeff. Take care. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.